Majo Lopez and welcome to The Cop, your go-to podcast for women-related issues where we talk about sexuality, feminism, love, and the overall reality of being a woman in the 21st century. Today's intro was a Chilean feminist chant called Un Violador en tu Camino or A Rapist in Your Way. I'm from Mexico, one of the leading countries in violence against women in the world, and that's why today's episode contains sensitive subjects that some of you might find distressing. I'm going to be talking about Mexico's situation regarding violence against women, femicide, and the impunity victims and their families live through. Violence against women has been an ongoing problem that has remained largely unsolved for centuries. It's weaved within the social and cultural context of a country and it is found in every corner of the world. You can find it here in Canada, you can find it in Mexico, in Japan, everywhere, even Europe. But even if that's the case, there have been studies that prove that women in developing countries suffer from a greater violence and are more inclined to believe that men are entitled to be violent toward them. Also, according to the World Health Organization, violence in rural areas is way more present. This is greatly tied to education or the lack of it. Education has a central part to play in challenging the negative social norms that drive gender-based violence. So, what exactly is violence against women? The World Health Organization defines it as any act of gender-based violence that results in or is likely to result in physical, sexual, or mental harm. The tip of the iceberg and the most violent form of gender-based violence is femicide. Or in other words, the killing of a woman or a girl by a man on account of her gender. So basically, It's killing a woman or a girl just because they're a woman or a girl. In Mexico, in order for a murder to be considered femicide, there must be signs of sexual abuse. It must be violent. Most of the time, femicides have signs of asphyxiation, dismemberment, or mutilation. And it has to be perpetrated by someone who knew the victim. In most cases, it's their partner or a family member. In 2018, The World Health Organization released a study in which it showed that 38% of the femicides around the globe, so worldwide, were committed by the victim's partner. And in another study made by the World Health Organization that same year, it was estimated that one out of three women worldwide have suffered from sexual or gender-based violence at least once in their lifetime. This means that probably someone you know has suffered from, from gender-based violence. Okay, so now I've, I've explained to you what is violence against women. I want to talk about Mexico's current situation and the main topic of, of this, this episode. So, just for you to have an idea, the murder rate in Mexico fell 3.6% last year, 2021, but the femicide rate went up by 2.7%. I had a little chat with Norma González Benitez, the head researcher of Amnesty International Mexico for gender-based violence, and she told me that femicide rates have gone up in the past years. So, in 2018, the total was of 917. In comparison to last year, it went up. Because last year, 2021, the number of cases was of 1,004. According to the Mexican government, and according to an analysis made by Amnesty International, More than 10 women and girls are violently killed each day in Mexico, 
This means that every two and a half hours at least, one woman or girl is killed. And of all the femicide cases, only 3% are investigated and only 1% of the perpetrators go to prison. Those are very small numbers. Very, very small for both of them, for the cases that are actually investigated and are actually investigated as femicides and for the number of people who, who go to prison for their, for their crimes. It's very important to note that these numbers are from all of Mexico, but there are states with more femicide cases. These are El Estado de Mexico, Jalisco, and Veracruz. We can see that violence is present in all socioeconomic levels, but it takes different forms, as does impunity. Justice costs in Mexico, and if you have the money to pay, you can literally get away with murder. I want to talk about Maricela Escobedo. She has become a symbol for the feminist group in Mexico. After her 16-year-old daughter, Ruby, was a victim of femicide in 2008, Maricela started her journey for justice. In June of 2009, Ruby's boyfriend, Rafael Barraza, was located and detained for Ruby's murder. He confessed to it and provided information to where the body was located. Fast forward one year after, April of 2010, Rafael Barraza is acquitted by a lack of evidence. But a month later, this was overturned, but Barraza escaped before the authorities were able to arrest him. From this moment, in April of 2010, until December 16th of the same year, Maricela Escobedo tried everything to have justice for her daughter. She even went to Mexico City and requested an audience with Felipe Calderón, which was Mexico's president at the time, but it was denied. In December 8th, she begins a sit-in in front of the government palace of Chihuahua, the state she, she was from, demanding the arrest of Barraza, and eight days later, she is assassinated. There was no justice for her daughter, and there has been no justice for her. Another two important cases that reignited the fire of the feminist movement and increased the anger and the fear of women in Mexico are the ones of Ingrid Escamilla and Fatima Cecilia. First, I'm going to talk about Ingrid. She was only 25 years old when in February of 2020, only two years ago, she was brutally killed and skinned by a 46-year-old man who was allegedly her partner. The outrage of this case not only came because of the nature of the murder, but because several media outlets published photos of Ingrid's body, causing the re-victimization and vandalizing crime and violence. Also, it threatened the privacy and identity of the victim and their family. And not only that, the publication of the photos could risk the impending process which is necessary to guarantee the access of justice. On the other hand, if the case of Ingrid Escamilla wasn't enough, just a couple of days after she was abducted, on February 15th of 2020, the body of a seven-year-old, Fatima Cecilia, was found wrapped in a plastic bag. These two cases shocked the nation and triggered outrage in Mexican women who protested nearly daily for weeks on the streets and social media, demanding concrete action against gender-based violence in Mexico. And I bet you are all wondering, what is the Mexican government doing to stop the violence, to stop this epidemic? Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there is impunity of most cases of violence against women. Justice in Mexico, as I said before, has a price. 
victims and families pay for justice to be made and perpetrators pay to be free, pay to not be prosecuted. Violence against women, gender-based violence, has increased. But the resources, the money, for social programs that are focusing solely on eradicating this type of violence have decreased considerably since the, since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. And supposedly, the money was reallocated towards the healthcare system. Also, Mexican President Andrés Manuel López Obrador, or AMLO, tends to minimize the situation every day in his daily press briefings. He says that the numbers are fake, that he has other data, and that basically the feminist groups that are protesting day and night for things to change are part of the opposition. And it's a tactic in order for him to lose his power and his popularity. All of this sends a message to all Mexican society that says, nothing will happen to you if you kill women. So what are the consequences? What are the consequences of this violence pandemic? Basically, women are terrified. They are angry and filled with indignation. I can tell you from personal experience, I went to Mexico for the holidays and it was rough. Being in Canada for a couple of months, living here, being free to walk at night in the street without fear, and then going back and at one o'clock in the, in the afternoon, having to constantly watch my back and being filled with anxiety because I don't know if that small walk from the store, from the convenience store to my house will be the last time I will, I will be free, I will be alive. It's terrifying and it's something I do not wish for anyone, not even my worst enemy. All of this fear and anger has made feminist groups organize what the media calls disruptive protests and demonstrations. But once again, when we protest, the government's response is police brutality and violence against women during the protests that are supposed to, to stop this. There's a lot of, of sexual abuse from the police to the protesters, and this only creates a paradox. Besides that, media and authorities criminalize the protests and take value from the true fight and what's going on. I'm a bit of an activist, and I always go, every year I try to go to the Women's March in Mexico, and last year's, the 2021 protest, it was beyond brutal. Sure, the protesters tend to tag buildings and quote-unquote destroy monuments, but they never go against the people because at the end of the day that's what we are trying to eradicate. Nevertheless, I remember last year's protest. We were at the Zócalo de la Ciudad de México in downtown Mexico and for every 10 girls protesting there were between 20 and 50 police officers. It was chaos. Three girls disappeared that day and multiple girls were beaten up by male police officers They were raped, they, they tear-gassed us, and the only thing we were doing was painting a wall. I think that that goes to show how Mexico works sometimes. But hopefully, 
it's not all lost. There are multiple organizations like Amnesty International Mexico, which through activism, awareness and education are trying to change the narrative of the country. And there are also people like me and maybe some of my listeners who also try to change the narrative, who talk to their parents, their colleagues, their friends, and try to educate them and try to explain what's going on and why certain attitudes help with violence against women. Because at the end of the day, we all have a part in this. And it's not only the work of one person or one organization to change a situation in a country. It's up to all of us. This is all the time we have for today, folks. But if you have any questions or want to get in contact with me, my Instagram handles are at thecup underscore podcast or my personal account is at majolopez9. And before I leave you with Vivir Quintana's Canción Sin Miedo, which is a Mexican feminist protest and fight song, I would love to recommend you a documentary on Netflix. It's called The Three Deaths of Maricel Escobedo or Las Tres Muertes de Maricel Escobedo. This hour and a half documentary will help you understand with more depth the violence against women situation in Mexico. Thanks for joining me and helping me spill the tea for women's issues in the world. This was The Cup, and I hope you tune in for the next episode. Presidente, por todas las compas marchando en reforma.